Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, uh, back from the State Fair. Manny, did you have a chance to see NFL.com at least um, put on put uh, on their website a 15-minute video? Kirk Cousins around the free agency period allowed them total access. So, okay. like, all his conversations with his agent, uh, his wife, his family, and it was – it didn't reveal a ton it, it wasn't bad it just mm-hmm. didn't it didn't reveal a ton but the interesting thing about it was we did find out that the new york jets called very quickly when uh when the legal i love this term the legal tampering period began <laughs> the jets called very quickly and offered 90 million guaranteed over three years mm. and then we found out that the vikings had called almost as quickly and started at 25 mil over the same time period. And so his agent and cousins basically talked it through and said, we'd prefer the Vikings, but we've got to get them closer. Like, we can't have, we can't have that big a gap. Right, right. And so, so they called the Vikings back and said, well, we've got this on the table from the Jets. And, the, and, they, and the Vikings said, okay, we'll go up to 28 per year. And that was the contract. That's how they got but it. But the, the Jets did go. So the Jets ultimately were willing to go. Ninety million over three, compared okay. to the Vikings, which I believe ended up at guaranteed eighty-four over three. Because I was hearing stuff like before any of that even came about, I was hearing like the Jets were going to go like five and like a hundred and twenty or something, or five, which and would have blown and... the Vikings out of the water, I think. Right, and yeah. salary cap wise, they I don't know yeah. they could have matched. And, and I don't know how much of that would have been guaranteed over that over that five year the, the rumored five year offer, but yeah, I mean that that's. That I mean that that that's interesting. That you know, I mean, in in a sense, you know, Kurt kind of he he did what you do as a free agent. Oh, absolutely. He played, did. he played both sides of it, and he got himself. He knew. I think he knew he wanted to go to the Vikings this entire time, and he just said, "Okay, I've got to try and get as much out of this as I possibly can," and he got it. The funny thing about it is, it played out exactly like we all were speculating. Mm-hmm. Like the teams, I think they said. Arizona and somebody else were out quickly. It was basically basically everything. It was like Denver or something yeah, in the mix too. Everything yeah. that we talked about for, for the week leading up to that was exactly how it played out. Which is the Jets are going to come in high because I told because Phil said at the time that he thought that Cousins would leave money on the table to come here instead of sign with the Jets, and I said, it, but it can't be too much. He won't leave too much on the, the Players yeah. Association will absolutely revolt yep. against you, and well, they should. So I said he might leave some, but it can't, it can't be a huge disparity.
because if the Vikings come in too low and the Jets come in high, as much as, as you might want to go to the Vikings and think that they have a chance to win a Super Bowl, you can't just be like, okay, that's fine. So you got to get the Vikings up to a reason, reasonably close, which they did. Um, but that leads to this. ESPN has right now on its website a, a grouping that is essentially the 50 most intriguing storylines and people going into the season. Group three here, and at number 22 is Kirk Cousins under the heading Manny Hill, familiar faces in new places. Okay. And now here is a paragraph. So that this is a couple paragraphs of why Cousins is the 22nd most interesting storyline and or person going into the National Football League season. The scary thing is that the only way for Cousins to really live up to this deal, given how good the Vikings were a year ago, is to make it to the Super Bowl. Anything less, and there will be a portion of the audience pointing out that they could have kept Case or Teddy at a fraction of Cousins' price tag while using the savings to add an impact player at another position of need, regardless of how effective Cousins performs in 2018. Is this fair? Absolutely not. But, it's exa- but that's exactly right. And, yeah. that, and that's the interesting thing. How many players have been traded for, going back to Herschel, <laughs> and, or, and or signed in this town where we're not just excited about the player, but we say that's the final piece potentially to a championship. Suter and Parisi, yes, for sure. that's exactly what came to my mind right away. But beyond, yeah. but beyond that, there's, I mean, this is, if, if this team does not have, and, and I don't, you know what, I don't care if they win 13 games again. If this team goes out in the first round of the playoffs, it's a failure. Yes. The pressure on Cousins, if you think about it, and, and I'm just saying logically even, the pressure on Cousins is off the charts. Yeah. Like this is all about not only make the playoffs, but you are, you're going to get this team to the place where Case Keenum and that team of 2017 couldn't get to. And if you're another player around the league, especially a quarterback, a younger quarterback – who is expected to be pretty good, aren't you kind of rooting for Kirk Cousins to do really well? Because he's he's essentially the first guy to get a fully guaranteed contract, and you want him to perform well and sort of live up to this contract because if he doesn't, if he falls flat on his face, yep. it's a bet. It, you know, teams are not going to want to do this. They, you know, front office guys and owners and GMs, they're not going to want to give out as for a quarterback or anybody, a fully guaranteed contract, they're going to be scared to do it now. Mm-hmm. So, if you're another, if you're an up and coming younger guy, or even if you're like, you know, maybe an Aaron Rodgers or something, and you want to get as much guaranteed money as you possibly can in your new deal, you kind of want Kirk Cousins to do well because you that that means good for you because if you're really good, somebody else will give you a fully guaranteed contract too down the line. Absolutely. In fact, in fact. So more pressure he, for Kurt. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, and and back to our our conversation about the players probably have to at least give serious consideration to striking or going out when the CBA comes up. This also goes back to if Kirk Cousins fails, owners, you're right, are going to say, "Well, we tried that. Mm-hmm. We tried to guarantee three-year contract, and look what happened." So, yep. so I just I just keep going back to it. it's an interesting. Um, situation for me that Kirk Cousins clearly has built his career on always being the guy who is doubted and, and there is some doubt here 
But there's also a, a lot of there's a lot riding on everything he's doing from the Viking standpoint. There's a lot riding on what you just said. If you're other players, quarterbacks, from the contract standpoint, mm-hmm. the pressure on this guy is immense. And if he fails, there might be people, or there certainly will be, who are going to dump on him and say he couldn't do it, and we're not surprised. And he's and and you know he was always this okay but not great quarterback. But here's the worst part: if he sits down and really thinks this through, if he succeeds. People are going to be like, "Damn well he should have." Right. Like, there's not, there's going to be because of his, course he succeeded. He his, was supposed to. Look how much money they gave. His him. career has yeah. always been based on I'm doubted. Kirk Cousins, I'm doubted. Michigan State, Foles was going to start, and then I got to start. Washington, RG three drafted what third overall in that draft? Second, second overall. Second overall, yeah. I was going to be the backup, and then I started. Uh, the franchise tag paid a lot, but it was still it was Washington saying we don't trust you to give you a multi-year contract. And then on top of that, too, you've got a new quarterback in Washington now that everybody is praising. You know, yeah. you know Jay Gruden and some you know the the receivers and different players, former teammates of Kirk Cousins, are talking about how oh yeah, you know Alex Smith he's a he's a true leader that we didn't have before, and just not really coming right out and ripping Kirk Cousins, but you know like what they're saying is. Oh, okay. There were oh, okay. So this 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 is this is about what you apparently did not have with Kirk Cousins the years before. Okay. And, and if Cousins wins a championship here, he's going to be a hero. There is no question about that. If you win a Super Bowl in this town, you are going to be hailed as a hero. Yep. But I'll go back to what I said before, which is there's also going to be a lot of people saying, "Yeah, you did exactly what you were supposed to do. There's not going to be this, oh, my gosh, Kirk Cousins did this, and what a great story. If Keenum had won a Super Bowl, we all would have just been gaga, right? Mm-hmm. Backup quarterback, what a great story. And he was. What a great story. In case as a, you know, his own head coach didn't believe in him. Well, Zim's not going to have that now. I mean, Zim's going to, if Kirk Cousins screws up, that's not a, that's not a, I'm disappointed, but that's a, I'm just disappointed now. So it's going to be it's going to be really intriguing I think throughout the course of this season to see how he handles that because if he fails he's going to be criticized up and down but if he succeeds a lot of people are going to say yeah you're being paid to succeed buddy I'm trying to think of have we ever seen another situation like this where a quarterback a high-priced high-profile quarterback goes to a new team and actually like delivers on a championship. I can't think of Peyton Manning. In yeah, Denver. Peyton's the only one I could think of. But it's like That's even when one. when Peyton That's... when Peyton finally won that Super Bowl with Denver, like he was at the end and the, the expectations. And he for was him, yeah, he wasn't even the best quarterback on the team. And I was no, gonna, <laughs> I was, yeah, he he was more of a one last hurrah, right? And and if not a supporting member, he definitely I mean, was Bob not a Miller was the MVP. Yeah, that defense was. But I'm no, but to Manny's point, yeah. think of a quarterback in in what is considered his prime years, switched teams, and won a Super Bowl. And won a Super Bowl within a couple of years, and when they won, he was every bit as good as what they were expecting. I can't think of. I don't think it's That's ever really one. happened. I don't think it happened at all. What's your take on on the Alex Smith reaction in Washington too? I don't know how much credibility to give that. I don't completely dismiss it. Right. Um, it, it makes me like wonder. Smith. 
Uh, and yeah. I like Smith, but do I do you, too. How, how much credibility do do you give that? Because on one hand, he's their new quarterback. Of course, they're going to try and pump him up. Right. But on the other, if we just dismiss what they're saying, we, we might be missing a very key thing here, which is he is different than Cousins, and and that might not be a good thing if you're the Vikings and Cousins. I, it does. It does make you wonder where it's just kind of like it's the old meme of you know the eyes just kind of looking like oh really huh you know the 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 surprising sort of thought that okay they're saying all the you know they're propping up alex smith and they're saying things like oh he's the leader that we you know he has the leadership that we've been missing or whatever i can't remember what the exact quote was or who it was that said it but somebody said something like that and then you look at the fact that they were putting the franchise tag on, on Kirk Cousins every single year. They never really well, had right. any interest in giving him a long-term contract. So it does kind of make you wonder. But at the same time, I mean, Kirk is a Kirk has been good. He's been a good, productive quarterback. So it's interesting. I don't know. It's weird. It's interesting that that, that organization, and I don't trust them, too. Right. Dan Snyder, I, I don't like at all. And I don't think they're a heritage organization, but they're not well run. Yep. But it is interesting that they thought so little of Kirk that they didn't even call him to tell him about the Smith trade. He said he, he was here at the mall, Yeah, and he said he was working out, got done, looked at his phone, and it was blowing up with, like, friends, family, media. So if you love the guy, and, I mean, this is your quarterback, you would ordinarily at least say, hey, heads up here. Mm-hmm. We're about to, you know, Kirk, it's been great, but we're not going to franchise you or sign you. We're going to trade for Smith. The fact they didn't do that, the whole thing is weird. And and once again, I fault them as well. So th- this well, is not a direct reflection of Cousins. Yeah. I just don't know how to put all the pieces of that relationship and where it went together. And I'll tell you what, we talk about the pressure that's going to be on Kirk Cousins, and it's the, that pressure is going to be real, and he's going to face it his entire time here. But you got to look at Washington, and there's some pressure on them too because you you let Kirk Cousins go, who's – four or five years younger than Alex Smith yep. because you thought Alex Smith was a better option. And Kirk, it's not like Kirk wasn't productive. He was no. thrown for 4,000 yards. And thrown for a lot of, yeah. This is Jay Gruden's oh, job. Oh, yeah. Man. And Jay Gruden, you know, he He's signed off on this, and, and you're, you're putting your eggs into Alex Smith's basket, and Alex Smith has been a good quarterback. Yep. But you, you, you let Kirk Cousins go, and then you traded for Alex Smith. You gave up assets for Alex Smith. You know, the, the pressure is on them now to deliver because now you're saying, well, Alex Smith is better for us than Kirk Cousins was. Well, okay, now you got to go out and you've been a fringe 8-8, eight and eight, you know, pop up on the playoffs once every couple of years type of team. Now you better get your butts in the playoffs now. Intern Max? I got one question for you before we head to break here. I mean, is it a success for Kirk Cousins and the Vikings if they get to the Super Bowl but they don't win? I mean, <laughs> personally, I mean, if they get there. Pers- per- I, personally, I think I told Phil last year, if this franchise just gets there, it'd be very hard for me to call it not a success. Right. For Vikings fans. That's where I'm at. I don't know. Yeah, for me, I, it would be, for me, I think it's a huge success if they get there because it's been four decades since right. it's been over I four I see a Twitter poll, since. Max. That's Put a out a Twitter press. poll. Put that out Put there. Put out. If the Vikings make the Super Bowl but lose with Cousins, do you deem that to be a success? Let's uh, take a break, come back, and continue the Vikings conversation. Matthew Collar from the TCO Performance Center joins us next. Mackie and Judd is Manny and Judd today. The Great Minnesota Get-Together Live! on 1500 ESPN.
We're back at the State Fair. We're going to get to uh, Matthew Collar out at the TCO Performance Center of Performance, as he likes to call it, in one second. Uh, but first, some breaking news involving the Green Bay Packers. A couple of things. I am looking at a story right here that the Packers have, I can't believe they traded this guy, Brett Hundley, their <laughs> former backup quarterback, has been traded to the Seattle Seahawks uh, for an undisclosed 2019 draft pick. But I just buried the lead. James Murphy, who's producing things back in studio, what is the big news involving the Green Bay Packers this morning? So former uh, Packers wide receiver James Jones, uh, who I believe works for NFL Network now, Correct. has tweeted the Packers and two-time MVP quarterback Aaron Rodgers have agreed the terms on a four-year extension worth uh, $33 million in new money, with also him getting $100 million of that guaranteed money. So he has, I believe, two years left on his current deal, a four-year extension with $33 million in new money and $100 million guaranteed. All right, good stuff. And now let's go to Collar. Matthew Collar, your thoughts on the fact that I think what we are seeing definitely in this league and it's actually not a bad thing, is a trend of star players signing huge contracts but shorter-term deals with more guaranteed cash. Well, and there's also the trend of if you have an amazing quarterback, you pay him a ton of money, and if you have a rookie quarterback, then you pay everyone else a ton of money, right? Like the Rams have paid everyone that they could ever pay they're giving Todd Gurley $60 million. Aaron Donald's going to sign a contract extension. They got Indominus Sue to come out there. That's what you do if you have a quarterback on a rookie contract. Same with what the Eagles did. But if you are the Packers, you absolutely cannot let Aaron Rodgers go. So you have to sign him to this type of deal. And, yes, the, the more guaranteed money, the better for the players. So every single one of these deals that they see, like Kirk Cousins or like Aaron Rodgers, Everyone across the league is celebrating, even though they know not everyone is a quarterback. It's really about the percentage of guaranteed money that they can get. So it's a good day uh, for every player in the NFL to see that. Not necessarily a great day for the Vikings, because that means for sure that Aaron Rodgers will be staying in Green Bay. So, Collar, we, we just, me and Judd just got through in the last segment talking about all the pressure that's going to be on Kirk Cousins, obviously with the, with the big contract that he has that's fully guaranteed with the Vikings. Um, thinking about just the quarterbacks on this team now, and you're probably going to laugh at me or get mad at me for even asking this question because it's we're just talking about backup quarterbacks with this question, but how concerned should Vikings fans be that Trevor Simeon went four for eight for three bleeping yards in the last preseason <laughs> game? You know, this sounds like a, like maybe a Judd challenge. Like, could Judd throw for three yards if we gave him an entire half of football in the NFL? Like, could he? Could oh, he I can give you the answer right now. It'd be minus thirty. Okay, no, I I've got it though, Judd. All right, it's, all it has to be is a shotgun snap, and the running back is is standing in front of you, so you shovel pass it to him. So all you have to do is catch the ball and just throw it right to the running back, and he gets three yards. Uh, you- to, To answer your question, Manny, uh, there should be zero concern that he didn't play very well in the preseason because this guy has starting experience and a pretty big sample size of what he actually is as a quarterback. And what that is is a guy who could go nine and seven if he had to. 
start an entire season on a really good football team. And that's about all you can ever hope for when you have a backup quarterback. I mean, what's, what's happened a few times in Minnesota Vikings history where all of a sudden Randall Cunningham is 15-1 and or leads a 15-1 and team and, you know, Case Keenum leads a 13-3 and team. I mean, that doesn't happen anywhere else. This is like a, a purely Minnesota thing, I guess. I mean, it's, it's very rare that a backup quarterback can end up doing something like that. Uh, I guess it did happen with, you know, Kurt Warner, but I, I wouldn't expect that from Trevor Simeon. The good news is if Kurt Cousins, say, you know, someone rolled up on his ankle and he had to miss three weeks, you can go into those games with Trevor Simeon and feel like you can win two out of those three games, that that's possible, that your season is not over, you're not going to go 0-3 because he's so bad. And that's, in my mind, it's the best you can ever hope for. What Case Keenum gave them last year was insane, and yeah. we never would have expected it, especially after he lost that game in Pittsburgh. That won't be what Trevor Simeon does um, if he has to play, but I also wouldn't be terrified if he has to start a week or two. So it's safe to say that, that you're a big uh, pro football focus fan, correct, Matthew Collar? I would say that, yes. Okay. So explain this to me and tell me if if you're trending to agree with, with this. I saw that they put out uh, a piece, I believe, yesterday about Kyle Sloter, my guy, who has played extremely well when given an opportunity in the preseason. And you've said behind the scenes in practice with the uh, with the limited snaps he's getting has not looked that great. But nonetheless, it basically insinuated that going into the Thursday night game against the Titans, that there is a chance that there's actually a battle for the backup quarterback job there, which I think Zim uh, dismissed on Sunday or Monday. Do you agree with that in some way, shape, or form, or is PFF a little bit out over their skis in this case, do you think? Uh, I think, as per usual, Mike Zimmer is telling us the truth. Uh, there is zero competition for who the number two quarterback is on this National Football League club. Uh, there is no doubt, no question, zero, no debate. Kyle Sloter could throw 18 touchdowns on Thursday, and Trevor Simeon is still the backup quarterback of this team. That's exactly what they wanted from Trevor Simeon, or to, for a backup quarterback when Keenum left and Bridgewater left, was to get a guy with proven starting experience in the NFL that they have a sample size of and a guy who's played the second team reps all through camp and I think has been pretty solid. He hasn't like blown my socks off because he's a backup, but Floater uh, is to me not even close to ready to play at the same level that Trevor Simeon has. Both of these players were in Denver Broncos camp last year. One was named the starter. The other one was cut. So I don't think that it's, it's all that close between the two. It's just that preseason can really fool you. I mean, so pro football focus doesn't adapt for the fact that Kyle Sloter is playing against third and fourth teamers that are all going to be cut at the end of the day. And Trevor Simeon was playing against some, some second teamers and still some first teamers. And by the way, it was eight passes. I mean, we've seen bad you know, halves and things before like that. And also, I mean, he's playing with all the backups. If Trevor Simeon was in a real game, he'd be playing with Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs and Delvin Cook. He wouldn't be playing with whoever the hell they were throwing out there the other night. So there is no chance that Trevor Simeon is not the backup. But I would say this about Kyle Sloter, that he needed to have a really good camp to earn a job. And I think that at least for those preseason games, because he's performed so well, that he will have a job on the 53-man roster. And he does look like a guy that has some developmental-type skills 
that if you could get him a little farther ahead when it comes to the processing and things like that, he has a natural playmaking ability. He has a great arm. He is a really good athlete. And those things are intriguing. But I, I still think his ceiling as a quarterback is probably someone's backup. Maybe it's here after, after this year. I don't know. But as far as right now, it's 100% Trevor Simeon. How concerned should they be about Pat Elfline right now? It sounds like he's probably not going to be ready uh, for that first game against San Francisco to start the season. Um, but how how concerned are they about this? Is Do they anticipate that he just, he just probably won't play that first game against the Niners and then he'll be fine after that? Are they just taking precautions on this whole thing? Or are they concerned that this this injury that he's coming off of is going to take even longer for him to uh to recover than they initially anticipated yeah it's very hard to say just what your level of concern should be because the team is not transparent about these things and hasn't been with pat elfline the whole time i mean we had heard back during off-season workouts that he was going to be good to go for training camp and then we get to training camp and he's not participating and week after week after week he's just not out there he's just working out on the side I I think that he needed to gain a lot of strength back so it wasn't just recovering it was also putting on the weight and putting on the muscle that he wasn't able to put on while he was uh, you know recovering from these injuries because it wasn't one of those things where okay so it's an ankle so you work the upper body well he also had the upper body injury with the shoulder too so he couldn't really do anything and i i think that's probably why it's taken so long and that also could be problematic when you're talking about you know going up against some really good defensive tackles early in the season week four you've got aaron donald and Dominican sue and then week five you go play fletcher cox and the eagles i mean this is not an easy schedule for an nfl center and so i think that they probably should take their time and make sure he is back to 100% because when you look at last year and Latavius Murray, he was coming off an ankle injury, and I don't think he was back to 100% till maybe like week seven or week eight. And, and I think that Pat Elfline is facing that same sort of uphill battle. So I, I think that the concern level should be pretty high here, especially since this guy is a centerpiece of the team. I mean, he had such a huge impact right away last year uh you know trying to replace him with a guy that you get 10 days before the season is pretty tough speaking of concern what what is the update on adam thielen's ankle i've read that he limped off the field yesterday is there worry about that uh you know on uh, the old madden games when the ambulance came out and it would run over other players and stuff <laughs> like that uh that's yeah, that's no what, idea what I don't you're know talking what you're about talking but i know about. exactly what okay. you're talking Thank about you. come yes. on guys come on no it's, it's not it's not person. guys it's judd yeah it's just judd manny knows exactly what i know exactly what yeah. you're referring to yeah oh okay all right good good uh, <laughs> i'm the old man you someone know that. Pays attention. uh yes Yes, so they used to have on these Madden games early 90s an ambulance would come out and it had no regard for human life and would just run over other players as it was picking up the injured player. Greatest game glitch ever. It's fantastic. I can report that was not what happened with Adam Thielen. Okay, good. Uh, It looked like... Yeah, right? We lost Uh, It looked like he was... He, he was just limping off. It uh, looked like a left ankle type of thing, and it's hard to say how serious it was, but he wasn't writhing in pain. He just was kind of looking down at it and shaking it a little bit. But anytime you see Adam Thielen go down and then you see what comes after Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs, that's where you start to get concerned, and this might be something they address. 
I mean, when we make out all of our 52 or 53 man roster predictions and things like that, they yep. could change pretty quickly depending on players who get cut around the league because there could be other guys that they're looking at as wide receivers saying, we yep. need to bring somebody else in here because Kendall Wright has been so ineffective and he's kind of the next man up there. Tavares King brought them nothing. Brandon Zilstra has barely played after a, a good start to camp. And then if Chad Beebe somehow does make it, he's very much like a special teams type of guy and not someone who's going to be an offensive weapon. So even though I don't think that there's anything serious with Adam Thielen, I also look at it as this is not a team that has a whole lot of wide receiver depth, and the guy that they signed to be that depth, Kendall Wright, has not shown us a whole lot during camp. Because you break down film, Matthew Collar, and because you love eat, sleep, breathe football, tell me this, is Laquan Treadwell improved? Is he still the same? When, when you go back and watch him, I mean, is there is there progress here? I know he can do certain things. He's got to turn the corner, Judd. Yeah, this is the year. but is there, the year. is there anything that leads you to believe that he is at all a different player? I don't know if he's a different player, but I do think that there could be better results. Uh, I just The one thing is, though, I, I have trouble seeing why they would ever really target him, but if... You know, Kendall Wright isn't going to be a big part of this when everybody's healthy. Then every time they're playing a three-wide receiver set, it's still going to include Treadwell. He has been good during camp, and he's made some plays during the preseason. You've seen a little more of the go up and get it. You've seen a little more of the very good hands with some great catches he's made. It's just when he gets in the real games and they're scheming and everything else to, to shut him and everybody else down – uh, you know, he's going to have to just prove it. I mean, I, I don't see a whole lot on tape, especially when uh, Stephon Diggs was out briefly last year and it was, you know, just Treadwell out there. That was kind of his big opportunity to show, all right, I, I've, I've taken these steps forward that everyone talked about last offseason, but we didn't see that. And so now, for me, it's very much you're going to have to show me something else because even though I'm sitting here watching you perform pretty well in preseason and in training camp, and he has made a number of very good catches, I, I just, I'm just i having trouble seeing it. And I also, if you're the offensive coordinator, I mean, you've got so many good weapons here. Why are you trying to scheme to get Laquan Treadwell the ball? So even if he has improved in certain areas, even if he gets a little more separation or even if – uh, they kind of know which routes work for him best. I mean, uh, are they really designing the offense to go his way, or is he more of just an emergency option every time? I think that's probably where he fits in at this point. So, Collar, who would you say at this point of note, who of note would you say is fighting for a roster spot on the fifth, on the final 53-man roster tomorrow night in Nashville? I think it starts with the running backs. Uh, Mike Boone has made a, a really good impression. I ran across a pro football-focused stat yesterday uh, that most of his yards have come after contact, so that, you know, shredding tackles and things like that. And that's been one of the impressive things about him. But, you know, he still has to continue to perform in this game. Rock Thomas is kind of right on his heels after having a really good first preseason game and performing pretty well in training camp. So there's there's that battle there. There's a battle at depth wide receiver. If Brandon Zilstra wants to have any chance to make this team, he's I don't think it's just a good game he's got to have. I think he's got to have a great game because even though he's shown some stuff in camp, he hasn't played or hasn't shown anything when he has got in there. Um, there's also the, the defensive line. Afadi Adenabo had a really good game against the Jaguars. He's on the cusp, 
on the bubble. You know, it's, it's going to be really tough with such a deep defensive line. And there's also things, some things that are hard to know in these decisions, like, you know, how long is Mackenzie Alexander out? Because if he's out for a while, that might open the door for somebody like Craig James, who we didn't talk about at all, and then uh, performs really well against the Jaguars and Seahawks, and all of a sudden he's kind of in the conversation. So there are going to be some tough decisions to make. J. Ron Curse is, is another one. Uh, that's a former Mr. Mankato, if I'm not mistaken. Right, guys? It is, yes, no. he is. Yes, he is. Very proud. Great special teams Yeah, okay, well, after uh, after getting George no Iloka, it's really hard to see J. Ron Curse actually making this team. So I, mm. I, I think that there are a number of guys who are fighting for position. And also, if you're going to watch that game, the debut of a Saskatchewan native, Brett Jones, will be must-see TV, I'm saying. Viking fan. Viking fan. Grew up a Viking fan, I guess. Phil Phil L- Lodholt was his guy. I saw that yesterday. Loved Phil. So Yeah. Uh, all right, Matthew Collar, thanks. We will uh, chat tomorrow as we as we get ready for the all-unimportant fourth preseason game. I'm going to the Gophers. I'll see you. Thanks, fellas. Bye. Matthew Collar uh, does a great job covering the Vikings for us. He joins me Saturday mornings. Uh, we'll be on 10 to noon. Also, check out his work, 1500ESPN.com. Take a break. Uh, come back with questions after this. Uh, James will have three very important questions for Mr. Hill and myself. Come experience the state fair. Live. 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 With 1500 ESPN. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. It's one of the funniest things that ever happened in sports. Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Now on Mackey and John. Do you believe in past lives? Did we ever really land on the moon? Questions. What are the six degrees that separate you and Kevin Bacon? Of significant importance. All right, half hour or so to go here uh, at the State Fair. Garage Logic takes over at 1 o'clock, so actually about 20 minutes or so to go here. Uh, up here on the stage, it is Judd, it is Manny, it is intern Max. Back in the studio, James Murphy, not only producing things, but also about to fire three questions at us. James, why don't you go ahead with question one? All right, question one. According to ESPN's Hot Seat Index... The NFL head coaches who are most likely to be relieved of their duties if they happen to have a disappointing season are in order. Marvin Lewis, Todd Bowles, Ron Rivera, Jay Gruden, Hugh Jackson, and Bill O'Brien. Who among these, or uh, who might be some others, to be out of a job by Black Monday? Well, that's a pretty comprehensive list right there. And by the way, I will I am done believing that Marvin Lewis will ever be fired. <laughs> yeah. How how he did not get fired after after the Bengals came in here and there was a report out there that was credible that he was going to be fired at the mm-hmm. end of the season and the Bengals rolled over and did That's didn't, Mike Brown though. Yeah, no, I know. He's but yeah. he, he is He will do the opposite he's of Yeah, he will do the opposite of what everybody else thinks he should do. He is so absolutely So when everybody incompetent. thinks and speculates that it's time for Marvin Lewis to go. Mike Brown says, "Okay, yeah, you think so? Nope. He's, he's going to stay in. In fact, I'm going to sign." Marvin is in trouble until he actually is handed the pink slip and leaves that facility. If you want to watch, watch the watch the Bengals go like ten and six this year too. Yeah, every could. time, every time we think that you know this is going to be the year, this will be it for Marvin Lewis, and yep. they turn around and win ten and six and go to the playoffs. That list though seems pretty comprehensive to me. I'm trying to think of who else would be. So Outside that list. Murph, go through the list one more time. Yeah, Marvin Lewis, Todd Bowles, Ron Rivera, Jay Gruden, Hugh Jackson, and Bill O'Brien were the six I gave you. Ron Rivera is an interesting one. 
because they just made the playoffs last year. They won, I think they won 11 and 5. Made yeah. the playoffs, almost beat the Saints, almost came back and beat the Saints in the wild card round. Yep. Um, they were just in the Super Bowl three years ago. Um, that's an interesting one, but I could I could see it if they go you know what could, seven and nine and you know Cam what, has an average year. I could see them parting ways with you know what, Vera. You know what could be an interesting one outside the scope of that list, given the changes that have been made and the way that the now the now richer than rich quarterback feels about his coach, Green Bay. Mm. Go yeah. outside that list. If Green Bay doesn't yeah. make the playoffs, anything short of a playoff berth, Aaron's in charge there. And he probably should be. Yeah. They've got a new GM who's worked with Mike before, but it's still a new GM. It's not so this is no longer Ted Thompson and, and Ted's guy. You know, if they miss the if Green Bay disappoints, like if the defense if Mike Petton comes there and the defense doesn't play great and they and they fall short of a playoff berth. New, I, new I, GM in charge. I now could too. see a new coach in Green Bay. And and think that's got to be because I don't think Aaron. I don't think there's any love lost there now between yeah. Aaron and the head coach. And the other thing with that too is you know yeah they they got their Super Bowl but we're seven years removed from that now Judd. Yes, the Super Bowl. Well, so, there's I, I think mean, there's I think Aaron's grown up a lot during that time in yeah. which he's realized that uh, McCarthy might not be the offensive genius that they all thought back then. Um, I think they need a big year. But, yeah, that could be. I think McCarthy needs a big year. That's definitely a hot seat job because anything short of a playoff berth and perhaps a first-round type of win, yeah, they could, they I could, could say, them, we're moving on. I could see them going 10-6, and six, new GM in charge. Um, you know, I could see them going 10-6, and six, getting beat in the wild card round, and them looking at McCarthy and saying, see you later. The issue, I could see it. The issue in this conference, uh, because it's so good right now, is you're going to have at least one, if not two, teams that have what we consider to be productive, good seasons, and they're either going to they're going to probably miss the playoffs. Yeah. Like you're going to say that was a pretty good team, and they're going to miss the playoffs, and that could be easily a new GM could use that against a head coach to say, hey, it was a good, it was a decent season, but we expect more. Could be the Packers. So. I'm, I'm giving you the Packers. That's a comprehensive list, but I'll give you Mike McCarthy and the Packers. All right, boys. Uh, question number two. In the 9 o'clock hour of the show, you guys, of course, spoke with Wolves GM Scott Layden about many subjects, including one of my personal favorite Wolves talkers, that being Andrew Wiggins. If you polled most Wolves fans, they'd consider Wiggs' 2017-18 campaign as a disappointment. But what would Andrew Wiggins need to do this year for you to believe he can be a major piece going forward? Uh, first and foremost, he has to stop with the Kobe Bryant fadeaways when they post him up. You don't like those? For the love of God, he has to stop taking those because the difference, Andrew, between you and Kobe Bryant taking those shots is Kobe could make them at a pretty decent, <laughs> efficient clip. You cannot. So, yeah, I mean, he, he's got to... It, it it look I, I I give him a little bit of a break. Heavy emphasis on the word little because you bring in an alpha dog like Jimmy Butler, and it you know after you were sort of the primary scoring option for a few years, that can take a that can take an effect on your game. But look, he he's getting paid a lot of money on a huge contract, and it, it's time for him to start delivering. The contract starts now. I mean, this year is the first year of the new deal. It's time for him to start to deliver, and he's got a year under his belt playing alongside Jimmy Butler. He, it, it, you know, Andrew's got to he's got to shake some of the bad habits of taking the, the you know the bad decision making. Can he the make threes? Vision. 
Can he start to make threes? Because I, I I'd well, really like to see those shots become threes. If that that's the thing is he he needs to stop. The long nineteen foot two point jumpers need to become three pointers because it's like if you're if you're only going to hit them at a thirty percent clip, if you're only going to hit either shot at a thirty percent clip, you, they might as well all be three pointers because those shots are worth one more point. Correct. So absolutely. Yeah, just take. I mean, he needs to take better shots and make better decisions. That's that's really it. So the the question again, James, is what would be considered a successful 2018-19? What do you what do you need Andrew Wiggins to do to uh, for you to believe he could be a major piece going forward? I'm going to make this I'm going to make this as simple as possible. He needs to get back in the conversation. We went into last year talking about man, they added Butler, and now there's a. Remember when we talked about a big three, which is now laughable, <laughs> yeah. and we were idiots and stupid. Yeah. Um, but you know, a year ago we talked about a big three. A year ago, we talked about Jimmy Butler's the veteran edition. You got Andrew Wiggins, and you got Carl Anthony Towns, and this is going to be the Timberwolves. And as I've been saying for two weeks now, Andrew Wiggins is no longer in the conversation. He's got to and, play himself back into it. And that, that should worry you. That should worry you yep. because Cat and Butler have become so polarizing. That's one problem. But the other problem is Andrew legitimately, to what you just said, Manny, 100% right, played himself out of the conversation. So I will consider it a success if we are including him again right now. Right now, he is no more in any conversation that we have than Jeff Teague. Jeff Teague or Taj Gibson. Yeah, which yeah. and we don't bring him up. We're just like, okay, they're going to play, and they might give you something, but you don't know what, and you're not, and you're not even. So for me to consider this a success with Andrew, he needs to play himself back into the conversation of he is a – he is part of the core of this team because right now, I'm going to tell you flat out, I don't feel that he is. And the scary part is that contract is signed, sealed, and delivered. He's going to get but that Glenn, money, and that's the scary part. But Manny Glenn looked him in the eye. I know. Glenn sat him down. I know. Glenn looked him in the eye, and Glenn said, can I count on you, kid? <laughs> and he said, for all that money, Mr. Taylor, you can count on whatever you want to count on. Can I sign it now? And that's the weird thing about Cat. He not signing it now. I, I felt like the hang-up on the the – Wiggins' contract last year was sort of weird, but I felt it was a combination of what the Wolves were doing and the Wiggins' camp was just sort of odd because he had gotten, I think they had bounced his agent, right? And then his dad was really involved. And so I never thought it was the thing with Cat is I don't even know why he's not signing it and we fully expect him to sign it, but I'm far more concerned about this one. With Wiggy, you sort of said, dude, if you don't want to sign a contract, Go ahead and don't sign it. Right. It might help us all. We'll play out the season and let you become a restricted free agent. All right, James, let's do this. Let's do bonus questions. Let's come back with question three to wrap up the Mackey and Judd show, which today has been Judd and Manny. The Mackey and Judd show will continue in a moment. So long, losers. On 1500 ESPN. Mackey and Judd are back. We're about to make a whole lot of people around here real happy. Live from the TCL Broadcast Studios on 1500 ESPN. Want exclusive access to U.S. Bank Stadium? Then purchase your tickets now for CCFA's Touch of Flag Football Tournament on September 8th. Flag football teams will take over the field in a six-on-six tournament to raise money for the Crohn's and Colitis Foundation. The day also includes exclusive stadium tours, memorabilia auction, 1500 ESPN Fan Zone, and more. More details at 1500ESPN.com. Keyword events. Matthew and Judd back from uh, the State Fair. GL coming up at 1 o'clock. Actually, uh, the last two hours, it's been Zolged and Manny Hill, who, of course, produces The Ride with Royce, and we'll be back on that show today. Jonathan Harrison doing an outstanding job, as always, back in studio producing things. I want to get back to the Wolves for a second, sir. 
I want to read you a note from um, page two of today's Star Tribune. Jerry Zagoda out here. Looks like he talked to Tibbs, as did Patrick, as did a bunch of outlets yesterday at the fair. Uh, this is the second to last note. Thibodeau said he's, he's, quote, very optimistic the Wolves will sign Carl Anthony Towns to a contract extension before the regular season starts. They have until October's end to sign him to an extension that could be worth, I'll speak slowly here, $187 million. Mm-hmm. If they don't sign him by then, he'll become a restricted free agent this summer. Um, okay. For that to even have to be thrown out there, and for the head coach slash chief executive to have to say that he is, quote, very optimistic. I want to slow down for a second and digest that. Okay. Because, Manny, we're talking about a situation here where no player who's been in the situation that Cat is in right now has ever not signed this contract. And ordinarily, this isn't a negotiation. This is a, a you're get you are getting. This is the money he's yes, getting. Yes. yes. Which he is can't get any more, and which I mean, will change. They're your, not going to try and pay him any less. Which so. will change your life. Will change the life of your family. Will change the life of your grandkids. This is the simplest thing in the history of basketball to sign. Mm-hmm. So for this to even be a note in the Star Tribune, and, and it's worthy of being one, to me is an indicator, uh, to go back to what, what we discussed in the 11 o'clock hour, of where things stand. Like, this should be a non-issue. This right. contract should be signed. And nobody knows exactly why Cat's not signing it, but the fact he's not signing it, is a loud and clear message of some sort that somebody should pay a lot of attention to. Yes, and that conversations, like I've been saying for weeks, that some sort of a conversation needs to be had, and Kat's kind of alluded to that himself, that we need to talk about some things and work out some things. And, and look, I have maintained this forever, and I will continue to do so, whether Tom Thibodeau or Jimmy Butler or anybody else agrees with me or not. Mm-hmm. Carl Anthony Towns is the most important piece of this puzzle and whatever you have to do to make him happy you have to do now within reason you don't want to just do anything but your your job and your primary focus right now is to make sure that he's happy this is if you lose him i don't care if you got jimmy butler or andrew wiggins or jeff teague or anybody else you lose towns you're not you're not going anywhere you're not going to go anywhere you need him to be at the forefront of everything that you're doing going forward. He is the most important piece of your roster, and you've got to get him signed and get him locked up. Whatever conversation that you need to have with him, have it and get the deal done. Now, I think the national perception is a little bit more that Butler might be the most important player, but I'm with you. It's Cat. Yes. Cat's your future. Yes. Jimmy Butler, listen, if Jimmy Butler continues to max out his talent into this coming season. Jimmy Butler, with the way he plays, is going to be broken down in about three years. I have reservations about signing Butler to a long-term contract. And, and with Jimmy, too, you have to look back. I have to look back at the numbers. I think Jimmy has only played. He's been in the league for seven years I think years it's now. once. One time he's played more than 70 games a yes. season. And, One time. And here's, here's the rub to that. It's, and I love him. It's not a criticism of him. It's his style of play. It's just, it is what it is. And and it's a credit to him that he works so hard. And it's a credit to Jimmy Butler that he plays so hard. But this all goes back to what you just said. If you're looking at the health of the Timberwolves franchise, if you're looking at this franchise finally turning a significant corner for the long term, so not just making the playoffs, oh, that that was great, and then regressing. 
if you're talking two about two times he's played more than seven. Yeah. So if you're talking if you're talking about turning a significant corner in this franchise going in the right direction for the long term, there's no argument here. Yeah. Carl Anthony Towns is your most important player. And right now, if Jimmy Butler can come in and help set the foundation, that's fantastic. That's why you traded for him. That's what you want. And I'm looking around at other teams like you know, I look at Phoenix. Now Phoenix is you know, they're a bad team. They've been bad for a few years now and they you know, and they just have the number one pick and but they got they got Devin Booker locked up. There was no hesitation. And, and do you know how, on that. how quick he signed that contract? It was two very seconds. quickly. Two, two, seconds. two seconds. There was no there was no discussion on it and he got the same he got the same contract Wiggins got. Yeah, it's an it's, it's the same amount of money. I was money. gonna say it's an, and Carl Anthony and I like the, Devin Booker, but right. Carl Anthony Towns and Devin like it's not even close. It's not right. even a conversation who the better player is. So is there so I, I guess the question becomes this is there a level of not necessarily panic, but is there a level of concern at Target Center about all of these things? Because I still think Cat's going to sign that contract. Yeah. But you, you don't want to put him in a position of, as a kid, which he still pretty much is, him feeling like he needs to send you a message. Right. Like, we shouldn't be at that point. That's not where this should be. And, and, and you, don't want, you don't want to sign him to that new contract, and then he gets a year into it, and he's already grumpy and crabby and well, requesting and then it becomes, a trade, and then now everything is toxic. Right. And you, yes, exactly right. You don't want to put this and. And now I get the fact that David Kahn screwed everything up, and, and that included the love situation. But you don't want to turn this into that as well, right. which is superstar players like, I can't wait to get out of here because I don't like playing for this coach or I don't like playing for this front office and then the next thing or you whatever know, it is. And then the next thing you know, if somebody, if somebody else comes in and is making front office decisions, I'm not you know, forecasting anything, but somebody else comes in makes makes decisions drastic decisions like what flip kind of had to do when he took over for david Kahn to try and keep kevin love happy right giving peck the new deal going out spending money on kevin martin and that's not how you want to do business and you put a cap on how your team is going to progress and get better over the course of x amount of years so they they just need to you know sit down and and talk like adults and get this done and you know play some you know what i want to have manny hill do you know what i want to return a really good hardcore segment about Andrew Wiggins. That's what I want back. I want to be up here talking about Andrew Wiggins oh, and does gosh. he finally has is the light bulb going to go off and is he going to get it and how he frustrates us all. I want that because yeah. kind of, at least if we have that conversation, then the things that should be in place are back in place. Is it yeah, Sunday? I mean, it's at at some point, you know, it just it's he's four years into it and you just gotta start thinking that he is who he is, but. I don't know. I mean, we had those same questions about DeMar No, but those, conversations, the time. but those conversations, that's what I want to be back to. I know. Yeah. You guys but he, me, it's up to him to get to that point, though. You guys had me thinking it was Sunday again. <laughs> Sundays from 10 to noon. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's probably listening right now saying, oh, they're many each other, both crazy. Oh, no, no, no. He, I, I bet he loves it. I often get texts saying, you're on the right path here. I Keep ran going into, down it. I ran into Corzo a couple of weeks ago on a Sunday, and he, he, he just broke the, it. It went right into Wiggins. I said, hey, Corzo, how you he's doing? He's so invested. Andrew Wiggins, I'm going to tell you something, man. He's like, so invested. He's, oh, gosh. Corzo is so invested in Wiggins and Tibbs. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Great. All right, we are uh, done. Back tomorrow at 9, Garage Logic. Up next, stay dry, everybody, or at least try. At the Home Depot, we have the tools for you to give the gift of a smarter home with savings on top brands like the Google Hub, 
a command center for your smart devices that raises the IQ of your entire home. Or the Nest Learning Thermostat that helps you conserve energy and save on your bill. And if you don't know what to get, gift cards are a smart gift no matter what they get. So this year, gift smarter with savings on tools to make your holiday magic. The Home Depot. How doers get more done.